Advent, even though we lit all the candles, we like to do that here. It's like claim everything before we all go back to where we need to go for home or homes here. But it's the third Sunday of Advent. Our theme is joy. Joy! And joy can be a challenge at this moment in time, especially for those of you who are thick in the middle of finals week. Because it means many of you are operating on very little sleep, high levels of stress, and all that goes with finals time. It's been a hard semester, I know, for many of you. On top of all that, there's devastating violence, near and far. Tensions remain high on our campus and elsewhere as war rages on in Israel and Palestine. Add to that whatever other worries that you are carrying and the exhortation to rejoice, well, that may feel disingenuous at best and downright offensive at worst. How do we sing, have a holly jolly Christmas, when so many troubling and heartbreaking things are going on in our own lives and around the world? When the Christmas story is told, it is easy to get swept up in the glossier parts. It's like what we like to do around the season, and all the advertisements and all the songs point to the sense that you're supposed to feel great and have awesome joy, everything's supposed to be sparkly. And I do think there is some of that. The Christmas story does bring a lot of joy. But sometimes we forget that the entrance of Jesus into the world was not smooth. If you looked in the Gospel of Luke at chapter 2, you would see that the emperor ordered a census to assert his power over all the people that he had conquered forcing the Holy Family, Joseph and Mary, to travel to Bethlehem when she was heavily pregnant, like probably as pregnant as Haley is right now. When they arrived, they were outsiders. And so, not only were they outsiders and Mary was heavily pregnant, no one would give them a room. So she had to give birth in a barn. Or sometimes we gloss over the part in Matthew 2 when Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus had to flee to Israel as refugees to Egypt. And we also think of the part when King Herod found out that he had been tricked out of his opportunity to assassinate baby Jesus. So he ordered the massacre of all children under the age of two. These two are part of the Christmas story, though we do not often highlight them. I actually find this to be reassuring. Maybe that seems strange. But it reminds me that rejoicing is not limited to when things are going our way, when everything seems to be great, or when there's an absence of pain and hardship. Because that's not the way life works, as so many of us know. And we often feel like we're forced into a binary where we can't feel joy and pain at the same time. When Mary arrived unexpectedly at her cousin Elizabeth's home, the scripture passage that Anna read to us. She was unwed and pregnant. It could have easily been an occasion for shame. Instead, it became an occasion for rejoicing. There is something extraordinary about how God comes to us in unexpected ways. To a small nation state that was being militarily occupied by a superior force. Where citizens lived in fear and in anxiety. God does not come wearing a bulletproof vest, wearing that and packing heat. Instead, God
God comes to us through a Middle Eastern, unwed teenager, and as a vulnerable, helpless baby whose first bed was a manger. Aurora, if you could put that image up. This is a nativity scene. It's set up in Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem, Israel. And it was put up by Reverend Mother Isaac, who's a Palestinian Christian pastor. He describes it as Christmas in Palestine this year, the child under the rubble. Emmanuel God is with us in our pain and suffering. God in solidarity with the oppressed. The child of Bethlehem is our hope. With everything going on this year, we are especially reminded of what the Christmas story means. New life, even in the midst of death and despair. Both joy and pain coexisting. What audacious and breathtaking hope. It is a reminder that practicing joy is one of the spiritual resources we have to get us through difficult circumstances. Joy, practicing joy, is resistance, and that is important. Research has demonstrated how spending just a couple of minutes each day thinking positively not only lowers your anxiety and your harmful cortisol levels, it better enables your brain to think more creatively and intelligently so that you can actually deal with the real challenges in your life and in the world. In other words, focusing on the positive things that are joyful that's not a denial of the real negative things that are going on and that exist. Rather, joy, practicing joy, makes you more resilient and it equips you to tackle the problems in front of you, whether that is an impossible final exam, a challenging relationship, or a humanitarian crisis. So that's what we're going to do in the next few minutes. Know that you're all tired you don't need to listen to me more so we're going to keep it short and actually practice this we're going to collectively build a joy feat because god knows there's plenty of suppressing despairing feats in our world and we're going to use this as a spiritual practice to empower us in the coming week so on your table there are different kinds of paper and pen so first what we're going to do is our usual responding time and you want to grab a post-it the sticky kind and on the sticky note, I want you to write down three things that bring you joy that you're gonna put up on the communal whiteboard that we've been doing this whole semester. So those of you who haven't been before, we've been doing that. And then these get moved to the main lab where all of your study are finals and we can take a break to kind of look at what this <coughs> The other sheet, most of them are color sheets that aren't sticky. I also want you to write down something that delights you or a word of encouragement that you might offer to somebody else in our community. You don't need to put your name on it, but on these sheets, write that word of encouragement or something that delights you and you'll fold it. And out under the whiteboard, there's the bowl. And I want you to stick that there. So there's two things, the post-it note with three things that bring you joy, and you'll put that on the whiteboard. And then the color sheets that aren't sticky, and you can fold those and put them in the bowl. And then during dinner, I'll put the bowl down there. And then when you're grabbing dinner, you're invited to just grab a sheet to take it with you as a reminder that practicing joy is something that we can do together as a community. So, let us practice joy together.